Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It is the Kid XAB. It's your man, distinguished to God. It's your boy D Flow. Finally in sync with that one. We, we got finally in sync. We got We're it. Practicing. We're practicing, man. <laughs> All right. So, um, all man moment. Anybody got an all man moment? Yeah, my, I, my. I'm sorry, Flo. Yo, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Shout out to everybody who has a job. <laughs> this shit burning his who chest. Likes and who likes their job. <laughs> but again, I said this last week. I'm gonna say it again. You can't say you want somebody to work a shift. And then you want them to not work the shift because you don't want to work the shift because you think the weather going to be fucked up. No, motherfucker. When you give me the shift, I'm taking it. I don't give a fuck how you feel after that. It's my shift now. Your eight hours is my eight hours, nigga. Now I have 40 and you have 32 for the week. You got to deal hostile. with the shit. A little hostile. That's it. No, a little okay? hostile for sure. <laughs> All right. It's bad enough that relax, niggas is not sir. making. It's bad enough niggas ain't making what they want to make, and now you want to take away the eight that you just gave me, nigga. Fuck you and your eight. That's yeah, my it's over eight. For that. I just, it's over. I, I just ate it. I just ate it. It's mine. All man moment. Flo, you say you, you relax. You had an all man. <laughs> yeah, bro. I have an all man moment, son. Um, fucking. Ooh. So on Father's fucking day. <laughs> oh, oh, this is going I left. Am... <laughs> <laughs> this is going and it's not even a it's not a it's not it's not nothing to do like it's more some shit with this fucking house bro right so on father's day i'm chilling i'm about to um we about to head out over to my to my mom's house for a little father's mm-hmm. day dinner right so i was just like i bet i went downstairs in the basement to get something just to find that one of the main water traps that's coming from my kitchen burst and the shit started to flood my basement. Not flooded, but like it was leaking into right. the basement. Yeah. So that shit fucked with my whole day, bro. Because I can't use my sink in the kitchen. Can't use my washing machine. So that shit annoyed the shit out of me. So that was my all-man moment. Because now I got to bring a plumber in to come fix something. And it the pipe burst in between the flooring so it's literally in between the flooring underneath the kitchen underneath my kitchen sink but not but underneath the actual cabinet <coughs> and the flooring leading into the basement so that was annoying as shit so i saw that shit on sunday it's been three my the plumber was supposed to come yesterday and he's just now making it here today so that's been my mm. online moment for this week my old man moment for the week. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going into the 
into the crazy all man moment. I'm a I, w- I oh, had a yeah. own. I was about to say. No, I'm not. Was, I'm not doing it. Say, bro. Um, <laughs> but yesterday, um, I went on GameStop. So my my PlayStation is a terabyte, but the shit is full already. Don't know how. Um, but it was you've been buying games <laughs> every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, relax, <laughs> relax, fam. <laughs> but no, it's that motherfucking. You got porn on there, bro. You, you got porno on there, bro? Who watches porn on, on their fucking come, console, come bro? Come on, son. Like, what, what are we talking about? I'm just asking a question. Get your libido I'm in sober, check, by sir. The way. Get your libido. I'm sober. I'm sober, by the way. Get your sex drive in check, sir. I'm First sober, all, by bro, the way, guys. Watch your porn on your phone like everybody else. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> that should be boring. I don't I don't know why, but, right. um... Yeah, I'm not. Uh... It's it you know it's fucking Call of Duty because Call of Duty right now is about a hundred and eighty something gigs, bro. Definitely. <laughs> so gigabytes, like so it, it it's that. But anyway, I went to go get a terabyte hard drive to attach to the PlayStation Four. Um, when I when I ordered it online, they got this new shit called pickup at the door. So you could order online and then you could go pick it up at the store. When I did that process and went to the store, they're like, yo, we ain't even see that you processed the order and we ain't got the shit. So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right, no problem. So I'm like, yo, what what place would have it? So I'm like, yo, you know what? I could go to Gateway, um, Gateway Mall and Best Buy is over there. But by the time I got to Best Buy over there, they were only doing uh, curbside pickup. So I was like, all right. And then when I went to the the Target over there, they did they looked like they was cleaned out. God, listen, God ain't want you to get that shit, man. So, Save your money, bro. So yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'ma go to the Target on Flatbush. It's on the way home. Go to the Target this there. Tra- I, this nigga done traveled the whole of Brooklyn. The whole of Brooklyn. All of Brooklyn. Fact. Went to the Target there. These niggas got regular hard drives, which can work on your PlayStation. But I don't trust the shit because PlayStation got this weird warranty shit where if it doesn't specifically say it's compatible with PlayStation, you could void your warranty. So I'm like, all right, my nigga, I'm just going to mm. order this shit online and end up ordering mm. this shit offline anyway. So all that running around for no goddamn reason. Uh, all that gas calmly, money, all that sweat. Calmly went oh. on Amazon and just calmly got that two-day shipping, bro. Definitely went on Target.com and, and fucking got the shit shipped. It's supposed to be here on Friday. All right, brother. All right. Well, uh, God looked like he really wanted you to just be persistent that day, I guess. Nah, I was I was doing the most. I I should have just you, you I should have just went you home after 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 Gateway. I should have just went straight home. Like, yeah, I would have just ordered it, bro. I wouldn't have even left the crib. You know, I like <laughs> unless I knew for sure. I like that tangible shit, man. I like going to the store and, <laughs> and grabbing it. Like, that's a fact, right. man. My man like Grab a nice piece of fat ass. My nigga, that's right. So distinguished, how was your Juneteenth? Because you know, you the, you the wokest <laughs> nigga on here. <laughs> uh, Juneteenth was uh, was definitely interesting. Um, big shout out to uh, uh, Miss Sabrina Sade Parker, a.k.a. AKA Miss Phonetic Wisdom. She put together an amazing rally. Um, she had uh, Senator uh, James Saunders, who represents parts of Queens out here, uh, the the Rockaways and things of that nature. So big big ups to him. Um, he actually did come out. A lot of people be talking about, oh, politicians don't come out. Senators don't come out. No, state senator came. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be a nice. council member. Um, he was inaugurated 
in his office, I want to say somewhere in 2011, 2013, and he was a city council member at first. And then as the years went by, he moved up in rank and he ended up becoming a, a state senator. So shout out to him. Um, so he came out. That's dope. The Queensborough president came out. That was very interesting because dope. I haven't seen the Queens president since we had, I think, Melinda Katz, who uh, was, I think, the former one before the um, this uh, new person. I forgot her name because I wasn't there when she spoke at that particular moment but she also came out and a few other politicians came out a few people from uh, this organization in queens called queens defenders came out who stationed out in far rockaway so it was a beautiful event uh we fed the community we had chips we had uh we had nature valley snacks we had welchers we had like over 10 cases of 40 pack water bottles so we, we fed the community it was a, it was a beautiful day a beautiful event and, uh, yeah, stay tuned. She will have more events to come. But, yes, Juneteenth was amazing. And uh, to just segue into Juneteenth, so for those of you guys who do not know, Juneteenth um, is basically in representation of the enslaved um, uh, black um, African-Americans who were in uh, America around that time. So this was technically between 1863 and 1865 when the Emancipation Proclamation was actually signed. And... Um, this originally first happened in Texas. So just to give you guys some context, this happened in Texas. So when it happened in Texas, you know, as you know, you know, the blacks there, once they were informed, they started to, you know, go to other states and tell other people, hey, you know, we free, we free, we free. But we really not motherfucking free. But anyways, um, that's just to give you a concept of all of, you know, all of the things that our people went through, the trials and tribulations, just to get this Emancipation Proclamation signed does not mean that we should necessarily be celebrating a liberation, a freedom day, a jubilee. Those are all the other names associated with Juneteenth. There's still much more things to fight. We just had two laws passed that should have been passed a long time ago, almost two weeks ago now. The Aragona um, law and the Breonna Taylor, which, by the way, we'll get into more of the details with her case um, as we still are facing a huge ass injustice there. But. There's a lot of things to celebrate. You know, we have come a long way as a people, but there's still much more things to um to to accomplish and get into. And uh, I just want everybody to know that, you know, whether you are celebrating Juneteenth online, whether you're celebrating Juneteenth outside, you still play a role in us truly seeking what it is that we need from America. And that, that's America with three Ks. <laughs> Yeah, um, just to add a little bit more context, so um, but so the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in in 1863, but not every state necessarily followed that law, and what happened was a lot of generals. Well, there was a general that was marching through the South to basically let certain people know that y'all lost the war, it's over, um, and to free slaves. And the final state that that was marched to was Texas, um, and they the 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 slaves there still thought that they were slaves. And the general can't remember his name at the time. It's not it's not really that important. But um, he told them, "Aren't you you guys aware?" Gordon Granger. Gordon Granger. Granger. Yeah. So he's like, "Aren't you guys aware that y'all are free?" And it became a celebration right there with the slaves. And that's why it's turned into a celebration um, that we now are trying to get to become a national uh, holiday. 
but right. um, a lot of states have passed laws making it a holiday. Yep. Shout out to shout out to Atlanta, Georgia. They was one of the first states that jumped on it. Like, oh yeah, we definitely doing it. Give me that money. Yeah. So in New York in, too. In certain states, Juneteenth is yeah. an actual holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Certain states, in, yeah. including it's New York, be, starting next year. Starting yeah. Next yeah. Year, I was very on public. And I was very happy holiday. about New York. Very happy about New York. Yeah. Shout out to Governor Cuomo, man. He's been doing a decent job. He's he made a couple yeah, missteps, that's... but you can't expect him to always get it right. But he's been doing decent. I don't have much bad things to say about him. Yeah, I don't right. really have much to say about him. He's been Me as, well. as transparent as he can. Yeah. As a white Italian man, he's trying to get it right. He, he's trying. Yeah, I hear that. So I, I'll, I'll give him his due diligence on that aspect of it. But um, you have this story from Drew Hot, from Hot 97. Yo, so. Oh, man. Yo, this shit right here, bro. I'm not going to hold you. I'm. I'm beside myself with the Me Too movement, the feminist movement, and Def Jam as it particularly pertains to hip-hop culture, hip-hop music. So this woman, I I feel like I should have known, but I didn't with all the hip-hop shit that I know. Um, Drew Dixon used to be somebody very important. I forget her actual title, but she used to be somebody very important at Def Jam in its beginning um, stages as some of you guys may know you should know if you're a hip-hop enthusiast like uh the two of us on the show what well, the three of us on the show um def jam was started a few years after hip-hop started to become a culture um um throughout you know what i mean um the states you know some of you guys know you know hip-hop was started originally uh by dj cool hook back in 1973 in the Bronx, DJ Cool Hork was a Jamaican. He was a DJ, started blasting music in the park. Uh, people was like, what the hell is that? So on and so forth, people came out, started dancing, uh, having a good time, and boom, the birth of hip-hop was formed. So anyways, uh, Russell Simmons created Def Jam um, sometime in the 80s, and Def Jam was one of the first record labels that acknowledged us as a people with our uh, gifts, whether that was hip-hop, whether that was poetry, whether that was graffiti, um, and he created a culture within hip hop that will forever be revered as one of the greatest movements he could have uh, uh, given to us um, for the culture. So Def Jam definitely is one of those um, pioneering labels that paved the way for tons of artists. And Drew Dixon was right there helping him build his legacy. So she had an interview with Ebro in the morning um, sometime last week. And I was watching it when I was doing my overnight shift. And basically, brothers... She basically said that her words exactly was that Russell Simmons is a pathological liar and that he is a rapist. Mm. Those were her words exact. I cannot. There's no sugar. You guys can go back and listen to it. You know, even our listeners. Those were her words. Mm -hmm. The story that she tells was. I would say unbelievable, but honestly, brothers, I believe her. She basically told a story of how she went to Russell Simmons' home and she was trying to pick up a demo tape for a particular artist. Um, back in those days, as you guys know, CDs were more prevalent. Um, it wasn't as modernized with technology as now. So she was in his house and I, I guess where, wherever he lived, it was a very spacious house. It was just tons of rooms. Right. So she was like, she was instructed to go like somewhere down the hall, make a left, make a right, 
some shit he told her like that and he went in the opposite direction and when he went in the opposite direction she was in that one room not thinking anything you know she's like you know russell's cool he's my boss you know what i mean he's gonna you know just tell me where the demo tape is i'll get it and when she's finding the demo tape now by the time she's getting ready to get out the room she says russell simmons is now naked and now he's forcing himself on her mm. she said she said it was not um one of those um she felt like she could just you know tell him no one time and it would be cool she said he was aggressively trying to undress her mm. and she said it was a struggle for her life the whole entire time she told this story brothers her eyes were at the camera most people when they're telling a story sometimes you can really know if a nigga's lying or not. You look dead them straight in the eye. She was looking dead at the camera. There was no twitching. There was no hesitation. There was no, uh, um, no. It was fluid, like fucking water. It was like Henny being poured on the block for the dead homie. It was fluid, bro. It was a nonstop um, um, retelling of what happened to her. And as much as I believe what Russell said on Pablo 105 when he got interviewed by um, The Breakfast Club, honestly, I believe what she said in her story to be true too I, i'm conflicted it was that was some shit bro i'm gonna say this there there just seems to be too many allegations towards russell um and too many stories of russell was a wild boy i've heard that i've heard that multiple times from different artists and different people regarding russell's lifestyle of doing coke and whatever else he was alleged to have done um, for me to not believe. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like Russell has had moments where he's done something very inappropriate. And I feel like mm-hmm. he knows that. And I feel like he also may have grown from that, not discrediting or, dismissing what he may have done but i feel like Mm. that has happened and um i just feel like it's too many allegations for it not to have some type of substance there yeah um she uh she also goes on to say something i'm just gonna paraphrase what i have here d flow actually talked about this um when we originally were talking about the whole um, Cristal situation, I don't know if you remember D Flow when you basically you said something along the lines of there was a lot of wild shit happening in the crust and the 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 up the upbringing of hip hop when a lot of women just had to go through a lot of shit because they wanted to you know you know uh, have their spot and have their place in hip hop, so they did certain shit but they didn't talk about it. It just kind of happened. A lot of producers and a lot of artists were responsible for a lot of the unfortunate situations that women found themselves in because the men themselves put the women in those uncomfortable positions and you know business just went on as usual so basically what drew dixon was saying was basically she said if this documentary did not surface she probably would not have said shit interesting because she was silencing her voice to protect hip-hop not Russell Simmons, not Def Jam Records, not Def Jam Island, not Def Jam Poetry. 
she was trying to protect the institution of hip hop. I thought that was some powerful shit that she said. That is I'm a powerful thing. I think I was like, God damn. Yeah, because the culture, the culture idolizes what right. Russell and what Def Jam represent. Right. And to tarnish that brand is tarnishing what the culture has become. Correct. And you know, Def Jam is directly responsible for what hip hop culture a, a, a large big part, part of, of what kills a large a part, part of it, it man a down large to the part Adidas of this movement down to you know the collaboration with rock collaborate exactly like branding Rick branding russell simmons was one of the first people to help brand artists bring them to other people get them sponsorships yeah, deals crossover like, bro crossover def jam was responsible chill. for a lot of it yeah. and i i said this prior in other conversations that we broke on and in no way shape or form do not misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not condoning it. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's okay, but it was a reality in that time frame that a lot of women were taken advantage of by men in power, especially within mm. the music business. Not only within the hip hop culture, but within the music business in general. The problem about the music just, business is it's predicated on power. It's yep. it's all based off of someone having more power than the other person and leveraging that power. Whether that power is money, whether that power is status, or that power is, oh, well, I can get you this deal, but what you finna to do for this deal? And I'm not talking mm -hmm. about sing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's very ingrained yeah. in these power dynamics that are, in some cases, very disgusting in the way that they are presented. Now, let's not... There's a difference here, right? When you use your power in a position over somebody, meaning if if this is a rapper and she's trying to get a deal and I'm telling her the only way you're getting this deal is if you do this to me or if I do that. And this ain't even what happened with what uh, Drew, is Drew Dixon is talking about. Drew Dixon right. is talking about straight up forcible rape which is a whole right. nother conversation but within the music industry which Flo has highlighted a couple of times there are and it seems to be a lot of cases of someone having leverage in a certain instance and using that mm -hmm. leverage to get other people to do something sexual or something within a power dynamic that basically says I own you and then there's this long going rumor that Certain people in the music industry have to get sexually hazed and have the shit recorded and have that shit used as blackmail to never speak up against a company or to never leave said contract. I mean, that's more of a rumor. That's more on the conspiracy side of things. There's no evidence to that. I don't. But it, I don't doubt it, though. But I, what I was going to say is it's probably ingrained in some form of of truth maybe not to the extent of that but it's definitely at least to the extent of these people in power using their power against others yeah Correct. i don't doubt it and i i will say i mean i've heard those rumors of we've we saw different documentaries there's different things you know different people have said it all and it's been a known fact that russ in his earlier days before he became the enlightened russ that we're all familiar with right now i call him yoga russ and he was definitely a wild boy. Even Rick Rubin said, you know, they used to go out and just do drugs and just do what they do, smoke, drink, snort, whatever. 
whatever they were about that party life in the in the late 80s early 90s so i don't doubt that you know what what she's saying is true or that something wild could have happened um the fact that she held on to it and did it to preserve the 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 representation of what the icon of russell simmons is 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 commendable i just um i don't know i always feel torn with these type of things because you can't tell someone when when and where to um to speak up on that on those type of tragedies or or on on those type of things that affect their lives it's always a time and place type of situation for me main most of the times i'm just like why now personally but like i said you can't tell someone when that time is to actually come up and and discuss that is when they feel they have the courage to do it so and it's funny because i was um on somebody's live last week and um they were talking about because i mean we're going to discuss this to some extent too a little bit later Mm -hmm. with justin bieber but they were talking about historically black women don't tend to lie about these things um which you can find anecdotal evidence kind contrarian to that but Overall, when you think about the disenfranchised black woman, they're not going to make up that type of scenario to that type of detail, um, to that type of extent. Again, I'm not saying it doesn't happen because trust me, I've unfortunately seen, um, and this is not to tarnish, but I've seen certain black women manipulate certain situations. Um, So, you know, it does happen, but historically... And to this extent, you you don't see stuff like that. So, you know, it is one of those situations where you you do have to look at it from different angles. But the overall angle that I see here is that Russell may have some explaining to do, <laughs> and yeah. hey, more more explaining to do because he he yeah. had a full interview on Power One Hundred and Five, but she she her interview happened. I think I think a week after his, and now he has way more explaining to do because yeah, first I mean, of all, Russell was way too calm in that interview. I mean, I know he's into yoga and shit, and you know, what I mean, he's enlightened, and you know, he is um, from the outside looking in, he appears to be a better person, and maybe he is. Like, like maybe this, you know, turn of events of all the things that happened in his life, he realized he had to get to a point where he wanted to seek divine intervention, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's tons of people just like Russell that we probably will never hear about that did probably even way more wild shit than he did, but they're just in a different space. They're not like a celebrity or anything like that. It just so happens that Russell Simmons is in the spotlight because he threw his hand out there, did something for the culture, and within that culture, he somewhat did a lot of things that was uh, possibly a deterioration at the time to women who were trying to help him uplift that culture and those women's voices, they felt like they needed to be quiet, such as Drew Dixon. And it's it's it's, it's unfortunate that we have to hear the information come out like this because this kind of makes you question now, like, damn, like, what will actually be our stories? You know, what will be the stories of other people that we start to come up with as, you know, we grow up a podcast and our following? Like, what will be the things that will other people will say about us 20 years later that we're not even conscious about now that we're probably going to have to face the music for when we're in our fucking 40s? You know, what is that going to look like? You know, we still I got just, Bill Cosby to talk about here. You know, it's, it's, I just it, feel we're, like we're in a different world. I just feel like it's a. Uh, my 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 thing is about these type of things is. 
And I, I was telling Tiff, I was just like, it's kind of weird to me that they choose to make it so. Uh, and it's not that it's because it's public. I'm just like, if you have this, if you had this issue, and even if you decided it was time to speak up on it, why couldn't it be handled behind closed doors? Why choose to make it public? And she said something that that kind of made me think about it differently. She's like, what if it was talked about behind closed doors, but all that would happen is just being hush money. Right. And, and, and the only way for her. And for, mm-hmm. and, and as she said for herself, she didn't speak up until the doc came out, which means that she heard yep. other voices and, and that's what I've been. She said she couldn't, de- she said she couldn't deny the voices, bro. She said she could not watch other women tell a story that she knew better than them because she had direct contact with Russell, not like on no girlfriend shit because girlfriends would be telling, oh, this is what he did. She was like, I worked for the motherfucker. And, I was with that nigga day in, day out. And that's what I've been saying for a while is even though sometimes it, it seems like, oh, why is everybody speaking up now? I mean, that that type of trauma affects people in a different way. And if you haven't been exposed to it, it's very hard to try and figure out what would silence you or what would make you not want to speak up until a certain time frame. But the fact of the matter is, is, is <laughs> that is the reality. People don't speak up until they see others speaking up. So if if there was something that was handled behind closed doors, it does nobody any good because you allow this person to keep doing whatever the fuck they doing if that's their M.O. If nobody knows that that's what Russ is doing, but if this would have came out maybe a year or so beforehand, I mean, a year or so while after it happened, um, mm-hmm. you may have had more people weary about going to Russ's house uh, to pick up anything. You may have had people weary about being alone with him and not putting themselves in certain situations, understanding that this is what he does, and or you may have seen him go to jail. Um which, you know, it may have affected hip hop. It may not have. But at the end of the day, he's if these allegations are true, we have to say it that way for now. But if they are true, he has things that he needs to answer for. And in terms of us, I think. I think it's all as much as we are free flowing, a free flowing podcast. And the whole point of Dad has some bow ties is to say your mind express what's on your mind. I think one of the major differences is this podcast is also a space to grow and we don't all always agree on certain things. And so checking each other about information that in relation to uh, oppressed groups and saying like, yo, you shouldn't say that about the LGBTQ community or you have a misunderstanding, rather, because I don't think anybody on this show blatantly tries to disrespect. Distinguish has his jokes, but it's never in a dis. Is never supposed. The di- intent is never disrespectful. Um, we are a bunch of men, and we make generalizations about women sometimes as a joke um, or being silly. But we obviously know that that's not the overall case. But I also think you know we have a responsibility in certain moments to be careful and articulate ourselves well because in certain moments a joke isn't going to hit as a joke and in certain moments a thought isn't just going to be a thought 
Cancel culture is rampant right. right now. I don't give a fuck about cancel culture, but I'm more concerned about us as men being responsible for what we put out in the world in terms of our thoughts may be somebody's life and somebody's experience. And so we mm. may have a philosophical debate about what we consider to be quote unquote right or wrong or acceptable or not. But at the end of the day, we are also in some instances speaking on somebody's reality and somebody's life. And as long as we keep that to the forefront, I don't give a fuck about what someone tries to drug up from 2016 when we first started the podcast, because I know the type of men that I'm dealing with and the type of man that I am. Um, And there are always going to be awkward instances there in terms of like liking somebody. It's just the reality of the situation. You don't know if someone likes you back until you make a move. And unfortunately for men, we are ones that are obligated to make the first move to be the quote unquote aggressive one. And so that puts more of a burden on us to potentially make a mistake that may or may not be appreciated. And I'm not talking about the extent of rape, but I'm talking about some of these situations that end up being these quote unquote gray areas like like we've spoken about before, where it's like, yo, I went to kiss her and she's like, nah, I, I didn't want that. And then, damn, this nigga flow got taken out. But and then and then that turns into a whole conversation of, well, did you try to forcibly kiss me or not? And it's mm. like. That wasn't my experience of what the fuck happened. So how do how do we get here? I don't want to I don't want to discredit your experience, but we really on two different sides of the playing field right now. We need to figure this shit out because what you're saying could tarnish my reputation and who I am for the rest of my life. And obviously, whatever happened between us puts you in a negative space where you feel violated. And we need to come and to a common ground about this. And now is and, and now is fuck niggas forever um, because of that one incident speaking about. Fuck niggas forever, yo. I don't know, man. Takashi six nine is winning. He he's winning, bro. I don't know what else to say about this young man. I don't, Danny, nigga. You got the Midas, hey, t- nigga. You, you got the Midas touch, bro. I, w- I won't you give him it. that much credit. I, I won't. Got it. I can't give. I will say I was wrong. I said he wasn't going to get a number one. He did get the number one, but um, I just think this is a <sighs> moment. I would love to see where he's at in a year. That that will determine to me if he's here to stay or not. I think right now is a moment. He's riding off certain things. In order for them to have gone number one, first of all, it wasn't that much competition last week. And it wasn't. The niggas did mad bundle packages and stuff. Now I get it. A lot of artists are doing that. So I'm not saying that they cheated the system or not, but they're doing a lot to get that number one. So They didn't because brothers. Have we all seen the video? Have we all seen Nikki? Nikki did the most in the video, bro. I was like, whoa. Nikki did the Nikki most is. in the video. Nikki did the most, bro. <laughs> Nikki definitely did them. That body, that body is crazy. Though. I'm not gonna. I was like, God damn, that body's crazy. <laughs> you know? I want to say it like this: the video and the song. The song isn't bad. I think we all. We all agree that it's not a bad song. It's actually a decent song. It's not a bad record. Um, song isn't bad. They promote the shit out of it. 
one, two. Right. I think people just want to see. People are intrigued. And I always say good and bad press equals press. Like, it's still press. It's still media. It's still people checking him out. Even if you don't like him, you still want to go see the video just to see what the fuck it was about. Even if you don't like him, you still wanted to hear the song to see what it's about. And Nicki Minaj on the track, Nicki is Nicki. Mm-hmm. Nicki still has 100 million followers. You cannot deny that when Nicki does something, people are going to take notice. So at the end of the day, mm. it was a strategic move from both of them. Counting. So the record worked. It did what it had to do. It was provocative. Nicki, Nicki know that if she went provocative and she test those waters, niggas is going to watch it. So the streams are there. The views are there. Shout outs to them. You know, the record did well. It's a number one single. I will say it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing because back to back he had two top five singles because the first one I think peaked at number three. So that's fucking amazing. Two records within two months that both went top mm-hmm. five. One went to number three and one went to number one. You can't you can't say that he ain't I'm I'm will say I think he's gonna have a good year. I think he's gonna play out the rest of the year. He's probably gonna drop another two top ten singles. At that point, if he drops an album, is most likely gonna go number one. And if it does, then he they figured it out. They figured out the best way. They figured out the trolling. Damn. And they realized that it for him it works. And we've we've seen this happen in the past with fifty. So it's not like we don't know the method doesn't work. 50 made his entire career just trolling and just being a bully or a quote-unquote bully. You feel me? So at the end of the day, it works. My interesting thing mm-hmm. about this is just seeing how how this plays out when the public really opens back up and he has to start showing his face. Like right now, he could rule the digital game and really market from a, from a social media and stream standpoint but what happens when you start when you got to make these appearances? What happens when you got to go perform? Mm-hmm. What you going to do at that point? You going to, you know, I think it I think it's that and I also feel like it's a matter of hype. Right now it's hype. So these are two records what it's been like a month since he's been released. So he put out mm-hmm. two records within a month of being released. The first one was all hype, all yo I'm dropping this the moment I drop get out of the moment I could show my face for the first time. And then the second one was Hype plus Nikki. All right, so he put out one record and it was lit. Let me see what the second one sound like. And Nikki is on it. So, of course, I'm going to go check it out. So, I think once the hype dies down and it's normal that this nigga is out of jail and he's putting out records, I would love to see what that looks like. I would love to see if he's still dominating the charts. I would love to see if... His records are still slapping because a lot of what I I feel like is this is contributed to the fact that people are being hype beasts and they want to be like, ooh, 6ix9ine is out, 6ix9ine is out. Look at me, look at me. I'm supporting it. And it's also controversial to support him. So people are getting attention by saying they like him. And we know we're in this era where getting attention is is a very exciting thing for people. People will sell their soul mm-hmm. just to get a little bit of, of uh, attention, eyes on them, and whether it's good or bad. And he's the the symbol of it. He's the representative of that generation of people who love that. So I want to see what happens in, in six months mm-hmm. to a year. 
that's that's and my I, take on it, and that's where I stand. I I said it before too, bro. Six Nines fan base is not from the tri-state area. It's not in this part of the. It's not in this part of the U.S. He has a lot of Midwestern cities that love him. That 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 I I don't want to use the word respect, but that idolizes him. They like what he does. That the these these little white boys and whatnot who 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 thrill who get a thrill off pretending to be thugs and you know really see that what he's doing oh nah you, you could do whatever you want to do like da, da 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 to be really honest with you and this is just my opinion on it he kind of makes a mockery out of hip-hop mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in an honest sense but at the end of the day like i said they figured out a great marketing scheme it works i respect it i'm never going to knock another nigga's hustle so at the end of the day, do what you got to do, man. Just don't get killed in your process. Right. As that. In, th- in the words of Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, hate it or love it, the underdog's on top. All right, moving right along. Um, Facts. Just, Justin Bieber, a, seeming, a seemingly false sexual assault allegation was thrown at him. Yo, so first and foremost, before we really jump into this, I'm really trying to figure out who the fuck said that Twitter is the motherfucking supreme justice. Who the fuck gave Twitter authority to be judge and jury? Who gave Twitter and the Twitter fingers or whoever the fuck is on Twitter authority to be like, all right, we're going to be the judge. We're going we're gonna to be the prosecution. We're going to be the DA. We're going to do the arraignments. We're going to do the trial hearings. We're going to do the Supreme Court. Ju- we're going to do the appeals. Like, who gave y'all niggas this much power? So Who hurt y'all? So for the listeners... um. There's a there was a tweet put out I want to say on Saturday or Sunday early in the week. We're recording this on a on a Wednesday, so earlier in the week. Um, and basically, a young lady accused Justin Bieber of uh, sexually assaulting her in the Four Seasons Hotel. Um, her <laughs> and another young woman, or something of that nature. Um, and so people were, of course, ready to kill Justin Bieber as of per course. usual when it comes to these things. Um, of course. And if he had done it, rightfully so. But right, right. in this instance, it seems, and of course nothing has gone to trial and jury, but it seems as if this allegation is false because the tweet was removed and <sighs> Justin Bieber had released a whole bunch of receipts regarding yes he did yo i was not even at that hotel i was with my girlfriend selena gomez at the time the whole time i was there i was um at an airbnb and the next day i was at a whole other hotel so i don't know what this individual is talking about and i have to take legal matters against them because i don't play when it comes to sexual assault and unfortunately the only reason I feel like something like that can even damage someone like a Justin Bieber so much, and we could talk about the rightness or wrongness of it, but the only reason is because we are so ingrained in this falsified, like you said, cancel culture, um, which I understand it. Cancel culture was created in a sense, um, not you know, on purpose, but it was created in a sense for the bullies to get bullied. So if you out in the world doing wild, reckless shit, 
We're not going to have it. And the world deserves to, to know the type of person you are. However, it also gave a tool to those who felt like they had no voice in traditional society. And it gave them a powerful tool because everybody was listening to obviously something they did that was nasty being drugged up and put in front of the entire world. The issue I have with this culture and where it's heading is it's doing the opposite in certain instances because it's like the boy who cried wolf. You start canceling everybody for every little thing and in instances where they haven't even done anything, but instead of you waiting for evidence or waiting for more information to come out, you just go straight to attacking them. Your voice is going to get silenced at some point. And this this tool that is has done a lot of remarkable things in terms of bringing certain nasty, disgusting individuals to light will now get diminished because we're trying to cancel everybody. And it's just getting a little ridiculous. In terms of Justin Bieber, this goes to the Believe All Women movement that has been trending to some extent. Um, and I'm, Wait, that's a new movement? That's been a movement associated with, oh. with Me Too. Um, oh, shit. And some people have a, a, a... So the predication of it is basically most women who bring up sexual assault will not lie about it, which, I be, which is true. Statistically, that's true. They're not going to lie about it or the allegations are not going to be false. The problem mm-hmm. with it is, of course, with generalizations, it gives off this notion that you cannot in any way, shape or form ask or inquire about more information when a woman says that she's been harassed or assaulted. And I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, y'all. And y'all know I, I love my women <laughs> and I am here as a defender of women, but Women are people too. And at the end of the day, some people do nasty, wicked shit. And some people make up lies to protect themselves. Some people make up lies to extort people. And some people make up lies to get attention. And that's just where we are in society right now. And this Mm. case is a perfect example of that. If it is, if it continues to trend in the way that it's trending. And that is that Justin Bieber did not do these things. And someone either decided to do this to bring Justin Bieber down. Um, And apparently, if you go back to their Twitter accounts, you can see that they planned this or whatever um, to some extent from years ago or whatever. I don't know how true that is, but um, that's been some of what people have been saying. But the reality of the situation is we have to ask for information. We have to get certain a little bit of evidence. We have to because that's how society works. And I know at times it can be demeaning to someone who has been assaulted in that capacity. And I'm not saying that that needs to happen. We should not be embarrassing people who have been traumatized already. But we do, if we're going to open this conversation about what works and what is the best way of going about it, we have to understand that part of that conversation is that we need to ask more questions because... This man's career and life could have been over. Yo, I have nothing else to say about this. Honestly, bro, this shit be draining sometimes. But this how the fuck you know we a real podcast. Because if we would have heard this shit about a black person, whether it was a woman or a man, we would have been giving them the same energy. We giving Justin Bieber the same fucking energy 
we can't be in this type of environment in society in this day and age and we hear anybody what whatever you know uh profession that you're in and we see some wacky shit and we too on this podcast we don't address the wacky shit just like xab said we are all here for women's rights you know we appreciate all the things that women have done for the culture in general that supersedes entertainment you know we're talking about women who are pilots we're talking about women who are running fortune 500 companies the list goes on however some people do fucked up shit to protect themselves just like the good brother said and because they feel like however it went is not the way they probably would have wanted it to go. So in order for them to get some payback, in order for them to be like, oh, huh, you ain't got me, nigga, I got you, we're going to make up a lie. We're going to make up a false narrative. And I feel like there is something that needs to be said when somebody creates a post, brothers, and they delete it. Somebody got to say something about that because that's wild to me. Nah, nigga, I want the same energy. Keep that post up that you put. Something needs to be Keep said about... Keep it up. About... We, we're, we're trying to create this narrative where victims are heard and that is commendable and we should continue to do that. But in the same breath, we cannot create that narrative and make it seem as if anybody who says anything is a victim. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, it should not be this way. There are some people in the world that play the victim, as we see with Karen's. All the time. Yeah. And they will do it and use rape. And that is disgusting. That is a nasty thing to think about. If nasty you're a woman. Thing, if you're a woman, you should be more upset about. You should be extremely upset. I won't say more. You should be extremely upset about the people that would use some shit like that. In order to. Get some type of attention, get some type of reciprocity against somebody that maybe the relationship didn't go how they wanted try to get money out of niggas like it has happened so we just don't i I don't want to take away from the voices of the traumatized we talked about drew dixon earlier but there has to be some accountability for those who do things like this young woman did to to justin bieber and going Going deeper into the rabbit hole, cancel culture comes for Neo and Jimmy Kimmel. Neo said he thanks George Floyd for his sacrifice in changing the world. Jimmy did a skit in blackface. Now, I um, I don't remember if I seen the Jimmy um, uh, skit that he did in blackface, but I do remember them covering it on Power 105. Listen, y'all, all the fuck I'm going to say is this. There are so many movies of white people that were in blackface that both black people on the set and the people who wrote the film or wrote the script or wrote the skits, everybody asked, are you okay with us doing this for this thing? Everybody on that set that identified as an African-American or black or whatever it is that they identified with being associated of being a, a, a person of color, they was with the shits. Do I think that Jimmy Kimmel is racist? No. Do I think that in some way, shape, or form, he may have said things inappropriately that we are not privy to? Yes, but we all fucking do that shit. But why is it that when shit gets to the light, all of a sudden, 
Now niggas want to jump on a bandwagon and want to cancel every fucking body. Oh, because you don't agree with what the fuck he did? Because you feel some type of way about it? Do you really feel some type of way about it? Like, do you really feel a way about it is my question. Like, do you deep down inside really have an angst to gripe against this person? Or are you really riding the wave? Because I be so confused sometimes, y'all. I be so confused. I, what I will say is, and, and, I, and I, I have to comment on this a little bit and just say that one thing I, I I respect our 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 melanated people, and I respect the fact that we're fighting for for equality and certain things. But we have to also be slightly slightly realistic with ourselves in terms of when it comes to the stereotyping, because we stereotype ourselves. Other we also stereotype other cultures ourselves. Like we would we would blatantly be like, yo, you know, we do we we'll pretend to speak quote unquote white. Or we'll pretend to have these accents. We do it ourselves, but we joke around with it. I do it. I do it all the time on the show. Y'all niggas be like, "Chill, distinguish," but it's the truth. We black people gotta stop doing that. Continue, folks. Yeah, I mean, we we do the stereotyping ourselves. It's just that what the biggest difference about this for me personally is is that we'll do it amongst ourselves as joke, as a joke in our immediate intimate circles. We will joke, and 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 it's not because. And it's not from a racial standpoint because we're not doing it to to discriminate or to hate or to do any of those things. And there's some of us who do. We, we got to call a spade a spade. But most of the times, in my experience, it's been more out of joke. So when I see white people do certain stereotype, it's just not it's just it bothers me when they blatantly do it for film or to blatantly make fun of us on a large scale because we don't do it to them on a large scale. At we least never not have as the power often. to do it to them on that scale. That is the next fact because we don't dominate media. So unfortunately, we never have the real, I don't even want to say opportunity, but we never had the chance to do that. And and I'm not saying that we want the chance to make fun of another of of another race. And I, I hate saying the word race, but we don't we it's not that we're looking for the opportunity to make fun of them. It's just not a reality for us because we just don't dominate media. And when it comes to black facing, it distinguish brings up a great point. I don't doubt that a lot of times a lot of yo, you good with this happens, and whoever's around is like, Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Like Robert Downey Jr. and um, I think it was Pineapple Express or whatever the fuck movie that was that he did the um that he was a the blackface and he was he pretended to be a black man the entire movie the entire movie so and and it wasn't that he did something that made it seem weird I mean he pretended to be a black man but he didn't do no wild unnecessary awkward shit. But um, hey man, I don't know. I, it's it's a I'm torn when it comes to the blackface situation because some of it is being done to mock us and to make fun of us, and some of them do it to to their own pleasing way. But I think majority of the time it's to mock us. No, I mean the the important. So we have to disseminate it a little bit because I, I'm sure there's people trying to kill. Uh, oh, you guys don't n- listen. We know exactly what it is. Historically, blackface is and has been something used to demean and mock black people, which is why we we have in large part as a community said no to blackface. We don't want to see nobody doing blackface. 
for no reason. Like, don't don't give me no bullshit about why you're doing this this act. On on the flip side, there have been black owned TV shows, or as you said, writers or producers who have asked their white counterparts to do blackface um, for whatever said point that they were trying to make. So yeah, traditionally and historically, black people have been saying that they don't want to see anybody in blackface. um, And we're well aware of that because it was used as a tool to demean and disgrace black people as a whole. Um, But as has been pointed out, there have been instances where Black-owned media or uh, writers or whatever have been in the room to either say, yo, for this skit, we want this or or that. And it doesn't make it right, but I don't think that's a cancel. You should cancel somebody. That's like not a cancellation uh, solely because of that. If there's a history of racism and racist acts by this person, all right, cool. Let's 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 get them out of here. But if this is something that they did in their career when they were asked to do it in a time where obviously things were a lot different, we can't hold people to the standards of today from tomorrow. That's like transporting a caveman to 2020 and being like, nigga, you on your own. And and if you don't get it right, we're going to we're going to put you in jail. No, we got to teach. Exactly. You got to teach this person to some extent. And if they did some shit back in the day and they they are apologetic about it and that's not who they have presented them to be in the future, you have to allow that person some time to grow. You can't cancel people, quote unquote, because they made a mistake. And then in terms of Neo and George Floyd, same situation. The nigga didn't even say nothing crazy. He said he just worded it probably he probably could have worded it better, but he didn't mean any harm by it. We have to start getting back to a place where we look at somebody's intention versus just how it made me feel. I, I, what I will say is that, um, and in no way, shape, or form, like I said, I, I, do I agree with the blackface and thing, but in some people, at least the people who are genuinely apologetic about it. You gotta look at like like this. If all of us are in a group and all of and all of me and all and all of my friends are making fun of someone, at some point I'm gonna start making fun of them too because I'm gonna think it's okay. Even if I'm not too sure that it's okay, I'm still gonna do it because I see everyone else doing it. And I'm not saying that you have to be a follower. It's just you're no, but that's part of what, human nature. You're, yeah, you're, it's you're like pointing out certain parts of human nature. Yeah, yeah. so it's like if. 10 of my friends are all making fun of this one dude and I, I'm I'm the 11th one and I'm just like, yo, y'all are wilding for making fun of them and they're going to look at me and be like, well, why aren't you doing it? You're odd now. Now I'm the odd one out. So a lot of it, you know, a lot of these things are just, you know, they see other people do it and they figure it's acceptable so they do it too. It's just when now the majority of y'all is being like, nah, that's wrong and then there's two people who are insisting on doing it then we have to put, then that becomes the problem because now you're just choosing to do it because you think it's nice, even though you notice that the rest of society doesn't think that way too. So speaking of the rest of of society, Bubba Wallace and NASCAR versus the FBI. So, I mean, we've all heard the story by now that 
Uh, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace found a noose in his garage. And the FBI has determined that it wasn't a noose. It was just a rope that was had a knot in it. So let me get this straight. FBI, niggas put out a false alarm of it being a noose. Now it's a rope. How did you, what were the determining factors for you guys to predict? Because it's a fucking prediction. Like, you fucking pull straws. Somebody was like, let's pull straws and see, you know, whoever gets the, you know, the the, the biggest straw will be able to determine what we're going to classify this as. So you mean to tell me that somebody pulled the straw and was like, all right, cool. So we're just going to say that Bubba Wallace, this particular noose rope situation, this has been in his shit for years. So he should just get a slap on the wrist. Nothing to be alarmed about. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you shitting me? I seen video of the rope. That shit ain't no fucking rope. On, that son. shit is a noose. Come on, son. I seen the video. That shit is a noose. I don't know who put it there. They claim that it's been there for years. How? Um, How in that garage that? for years. I don't know if that's video footage they went by or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they claim that it's been there for years. Bubba is adamant that his he was like, I didn't find the shit. Someone in my team found the shit. And NASCAR themselves confirmed that it was a noose. And it was put on the driver's side of his car. So, I mean, if y'all want us to, if y'all want to keep pissing and, and want people to believe it's rain, I guess. But I don't, this ain't a Jesse Smollett situation. No. Um, no. I really don't think that that's some, something that the attention NASCAR would want at this moment in time. Um, seeing as they have a horrible, horrible history in regards to race and Har- racism. Horrible. You guys heard about the Confederation flag situation? Yeah, one of the drivers stormed yeah. off. and Get the fuck get up the out fuck of here. Get the fuck up out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, nobody gives a, a shit about you. Um, but yeah, in reference to that shit, let's see how this, this shit plays out. But I am not, the FBI going to have to show me some real hardcore evidence as to why they believe it's just a rope. When the video of that rope is definitely a hanging noose. Uh, I've seen it. It has the coils around mm. around the, the, the rope, the hole, um, that wrap around a couple of times. And I, I ain't never seen no rope tied in a knot like that. I've only seen nooses fastened like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, also this weekend was Father's oh, Day. We spoke, no. about, we spoke about Juneteenth. But uh, Father's Day was also this weekend. And I want to know what the significance of being a father in today, today's society is. Like, what do you guys think the significance of fatherhood is? Well, I feel like D-Flo should definitely take the floor first because D-Flo is a proud father. Shout out to my guy. I definitely hit my guy D-Flo up with a very personal message. You know how I feel about you, D-Flo. Thank you for all of the things that you represent in father. Um, I appreciate that, bro. Um, in this day and age, bro, being a father is for me. It's it's. I don't want to say it's a struggle, but it's a. I'm torn a little bit because, especially because I have a son. He's he's eight. He's getting older, and he's starting to ask these these types of questions that, I don't feel comfortable answering yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm forced to answer it because he's being exposed to it a lot faster than he needs to be exposed to it. And it's just the climate that we're in. It's just access to access to the Internet. 
all these different things. So I'm being torn because at a part of me has to be non-biased because my opinions weigh and my opinions may sway his mindset as to how he views the world. So a lot of times I get asked these questions and I'm just stuck because now I can't go with my core beliefs on certain things. I have to be slightly, I have to be more open to giving him an answer that is different from how I was raised and give him an answer that makes him just want to look at things from a more open space because he doesn't deserve to be biased yet. At least not until he's older and he can make these firm affirmations for himself. Right. So, um, in this day and age, what I will say to be a father is to be is to be open to having conversations that you're uncomfortable with, and knowing that you can't chastise or be or be um, biased to what's happening in the world, because your children we're growing up in a world right now where if you don't like gay people. If you're raising a child, you can't tell them to go about not liking gay people or not liking the LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community because at the end of the day, he might meet someone of that community in the fifth or sixth grade or maybe as soon as the seventh or eighth grade. You know, so it's not it's not like now, okay, I don't have to worry about that because he's not going to encounter this until he's a teenager. He's not going to encounter this until he gets to college. He might meet... Uh, uh, a transsexual in ninth grade you feel me and this is just where we're at right now in our in the world so if i'm if i'm on some shit where i'm just like nah i don't do this or i don't support that when he gets to ninth grade now he encounters that he's not going to know how to deal with it because the whole time at home i hadn't taught him not to associate himself with that or or that's not something he should encourage so you know, it's it's an interest or, you know, now even to the point where you can't tell a girl, oh, I'm going to spend, I'm going to, you know, beat you on the booty or, you know, how kids talk like certain little things that they, that they play around with, like saying the word booty or, and just playing around like that. It's not a big deal when we were growing up, but nowadays you might tell a, a, a young, a young girl that, and everything is so heightened now it might be sexual harassment. For a nine-year-old to tell another nine-year-old, oh, when I catch you, I'm going to, you know, something, and they say the word booty, or if he says, oh, I'm going to shake my booty, and now you can't say that, that's that's too much on the fence. So, it's a, it's a, you got to dance around, and that's just, just me personally, I just feel like you got to, you got to raise them to be a lot more open. And at the end of the day, some people might be that that's the way you should have been doing it, but at the same time, for me, like I said, how I was raised in a, in a dominantly Caribbean background, I'm going against a lot of my core beliefs personally. And although I'm I'm more open to these things nowadays, it's I still have my personal beliefs and my personal ways how I look at it. So I have to be much more open now. So yeah, that's that's my opinion on it. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I. I understand it. I think, you know, there are definitely there. I mean, I, when I look at parenting and when I think about parenting, I think about openness in general because I do feel like a lot of the old traditions of 
I parent and you listen, um, I don't think that they they were exceptionally proficient in the first place, but even more so in this era where kids find out things on their own, you do yourself a disservice by shutting your kid's voice up because they will find their voice somewhere else. And I always look at it this way. It's either you teaching them or somebody else teaching them or something else teaching them. And if you're not the first the first line of defense in any conversation, you are, may not be aware of where this young person may be going. And I think that as a father in today's society, I think it is particularly important, especially as black men, for fathers um, to be present because we've gone through two to three decades of fatherless men growing up in society and causing a lot of harm between and fracturing the relationship between black men and women. And on the flip side of young black girls not having black fathers in their lives and that fracturing um, the black community to some extent. So I think it's an obligation now. Like I think for I mean, it's always been an obligation, but I think certain people have looked at it as a choice to be a father. But. I kind of look at it as we are obligated to raise in this village. If we're going to be on this blackity black wave of taking back the community and making sure that uh, we are in a in a place where we're not dealing with the shame shit that we're dealing with today. Part of that is us healing our community. And part of that is us being fathers to our children. Fact. Yeah, I think. um and mine will be brief. I just think that, you know, the the significance of being, you know, a father in today's society or a father figure or somebody who's deemed as, you know, having father-like qualities, I think that is a big uh, title and a big burden to have. You know, uh, just, you know, I agree with a lot of the sentiments that D. Flo said, definitely. You know, I'm definitely, you know, excited for, you know, you know, my opportunity whenever that day comes and God blesses me with the opportunity to have bringing children in this world because I definitely look forward to that. But I think that it's a lot of pressure because you have to be careful with some of the norms that you may have been used to when you were coming up. I myself, too, have uh, grown up in a very traditional, strict Caribbean background um, in my household. Um, And a lot of conversations from my parents back in the days when I was coming up, you you could not have those conversations, um, even if you really wanted to. The conversation almost started and ended within the same second sometimes. How was your day at school? Good, great, done, finished. That They didn't ask anything else beyond that. These days, um, because of all the things that our young people are being exposed to at younger ages, um, you kind of want to go a little deeper, even if you don't necessarily want to, but you just want to make sure your children is um, being reared um, the right way and being brought up the right way. Even if you're not there, you know, we have tablets, you know, young people are getting cell phones at the age of fucking five and six. You know, we're living in a yeah. different world, man. And I think the 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 job of a father, not necessarily a mother, because I'm a mother, um, to, in my opinion, will always have the hardest job. Um, out of the two parents, but I feel like in terms of a father, I feel like the father's heart, the a father's hardest job is gonna be figuring out when to have 
the appropriate conversation now about the birds and the bees. When, you know, what, you know, how do you figure out when is the appropriate time to talk to your gun, uh, talk to your son about uh, police brutality and, you know, what, what, what the climate is of that the world's experience. And, you know, the, the first conversation you may have about, you know, something dealing with sexual harassment, possibly with your daughter, you know, if she brings something to your attention that she kind of felt a little awkward about like, you know, what do you say? You know, how do you say it? You know, when do you say it? You know, are you present with the mother? Is it just you and your daughter having that? Like, so I just feel like those things are a bit more harder um, in this day and age because, again, you know, I, 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 I kind of agree with D-Flow. We are very much in a more, we're in a more heightened society that puts a more, like, they put, like, a, a x-ray vision um, on, um, not x-ray vision, um, they put more of, like, a red-eye camera vision on being silent about stuff that we probably were used to or not necessarily talking about more and the focus is on it like no everything that's uncomfortable we're going to talk about everything we're not leaving anything that's uncomfortable comfortable we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about it now we're going to keep talking about it until we get to some type of understanding that's why i'm at as it should be um what we're going to continue to talk about too is uh, brianna taylor's case which is a really really wacky situation so we have to kind of break down these details of this case because her cops the the cops are still not arrested or charged with anything and i think one or two of them might have just been fired so the whole problem with this case the whole issue as to why people want to see justice served is they did a no knock no entry i mean no knock warrant and just bombarded this this woman's house, shot and killed her. They can't find the warrant. They can't find the original warrant that they quote unquote used oh in order to yeah, sure. to do this. As well as the household was the wrong place, and the suspect was already in custody. Wow. Oh wow. So there's a lot of. At the very least, this is negligent homicide. If you want to say that there was no intent, they were looking for perpetrators, they thought that they were doing the right thing. At the very, very least, this is a negligent homicide. And people need to be held accountable for that. A life was lost. And by no fault of the people who are traumatized and affected by it, it was all due to these cops not doing their due diligence and doing what they needed to do in order to make sure that they were in line and doing the right thing at the proper time. So we're going to continue to say arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Um, not, not fire them, but arrest them because at the end of the day, this case does not make any sense. I I don't know, man. That that whole shit is wacky. And at the end of the day, I have a big issue with I've we've seen it time and time again for whatever reason when these white cops see black people, even if just one of them is talking to them, it's like they got to run up and just be on some bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you don't even know what the what I'm being stopped 
a lot of times, son, the ones who do the attacking don't even really know what the fuck the other one is really doing. Nah, they just fly out of they the... They just fall out <laughs> and go into detain mode. And I'm just like, what happened to the conversation? If you're pulling me over and you're saying I have a warrant for my arrest, right? A lot Nine of times, times out of ten, I don't know I have the fucking warrant. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even know I have the fucking warrant, bro. And most <laughs> of the time, son, they should give you an opportunity to go pay. Because a lot of times it's just paying. A lot of times you just got to pay for the warrant. Because most of the times these people get pulled over for warrants is what? Multiple suspensions on their license. It would be like silly things that has got to go and pay it for at the DMV or go to the to the local, you know, civil civil court and just pay it. Like it'd be it would be it would be petty things, bro. Very, very like misdemeanor crimes. Yeah. And you come up and come and tackle me or, or just come into arrest mode. And a lot of times these things to get let off with just a ticket. Yo. This is your warning. We haven't pulled you over for this yet. You know, here's a ticket. Go get your situation cleared up. Now, if you pull me over another time and you realize there was a summons out already and that summons is given on a warning already, now you can move into like, listen, we see here that you've already received the warning. Now we have to detain you. At that point now, I could try and play the fool like I don't know what you're talking about. But the minute you hit me with the yo, you're I could see here that you already had a warning. Right. You feel me? Like you already received the warning from us. Now you're gonna be detained. A lot of times it's a simple conversation, but now nah, niggas wanna pull up and be rah-rah and just move into straight detain mode and try to arrest someone. And a lot of times people are confused. I and don't even know what you differentiate the warrants, bro. Like right. a, a a warrant for a, a unpaid parking ticket or unpaid uh parking violation ticket should not have garner the same energy as a warrant to arrest somebody for uh abuse or an, or a fight or, or a fight or this nigga robbed the liquor store and we've been looking for this guy for so long and now there's a warrant out for my arrest um i just look at it like listen you're arresting or you're you have this warrant out to arrest someone and like you said the type of warrant my nigga is there a warrant out because you know i killed someone and you've been looking for me for the past two years or is there a warrant because i owe 700 dollars on a fucking on on my fucking license mm-hmm. 700 fucking dollars so my my life and my 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 um job my security all these things because you detained me and these things go on my record for seven hundred dollars. For seven hundred dollars. Sometimes it's three three fifty. A warrant out for someone's arrest. Come on, son. These things have to get fixed. I saw one earlier where the guy just ran up on the dude and automatically tried to just arrest him, and it wasn't even the right person. Yeah, I saw something about. It. I didn't get to watch that video. But. Yeah, the, his man's his own. Another officer had to tell him like, "Yeah, bro, that he's not the right guy. Like, we ran his information. He's not the right guy." Now you're looking like an ass because you're just like, but wait, he's and if his man's didn't say nothing, this person would have ended up in jail, or beat up, or beat up, and then been left there for two days just to be told, oh well, um, it turns out it wasn't you. It was a mistake. It was a mistake, and and they might not even cap to that. They might have just let the, let the shit let rock, the like, rock yeah. and go all the way to court. 
go all the way to fucking court. And if you have a judge who's a douchebag, would have just ran with it just to get his numbers up. This is the type of shit. And you can imagine how many niggas are in jail for this type of shit, yo. How many niggas got to go through that? This is the type of shit that we talk about. These are the things that we talk about when we say our lives matter. Because if you if it was a white man, you would have taken the time to at least explain yourself to him. So he deserves yep. an explanation, but we don't. And we see this all too often. The assumption that we don't deserve the right to be explained these things to. The assumption that we're always doing something bad. The assumption that we don't deserve to be there. That's a mentality, son. That's an actual mentality. And like I said it from last time, last week, stop questioning why the fuck we're saying Black Lives Matter. Stop questioning. A nigga that needs to stop questioning everything is Donald Trump. This nigga had a rally on June 20th. It was set to host 19,000 people. Only 6,000 people showed up. Niggas was not wearing no type of mask. Um... He's promising that a new stimulus check is coming out. Yeah, and I heard the figure is like what four four thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't I didn't see the the figure. I just saw that he was promising a new one, and then Mayor Giuliani is out here, uh, basically saying that Black Lives Matters. It wants to take away your home and your rights and abolish the the police, so that ba- basically fear mongering against uh black people for white people all right. to try and make it seem like black people are going to run around trying to kill white all folks. All right, Mayor Giuliani. All right. N- N- Nat Turner did that for us. All right. Okay. Says, says the mayor who says the mayor who puts more drugs on, put more drugs on New York streets than anyways. Anyway. Yeah. You're going to leave that right there. Oh, Democratic primaries. So the importance of the primaries and voting now, this is what we were talking about before. Um, maybe three weeks ago when we were talking about political power versus political influence. Mm -hmm. This is where you get those candidates that at some point may run for mayor, may run for governor, and may run for whatever else. It's the primary like now, which these candidates are fresh, and they're looking to become said candidate. Right now is when you want to be able to flex your your influence to gain power. Mm. So right now, if there's a candidate that, you know, the primaries was yesterday, but this would be the time that that candidate, if you voted for them, you organize a group of people and you say, yo, you want us to to vote you in, uh, in November, then these are the demands that we're looking for. You want us to vote you in in two years? These are what we're, this is what we're looking for. So now you have the power. And that's the difference between waiting until asking Joe Biden to do X, Y, and Z four months out from the election, six months out from the election, as opposed to catching Joe Biden two years ago when it it was spoken about that he might be a presidential candidate. Um, With that being said, Kanye West and MAGA. So this thing she was talking about how, I mean, we spoke about it a little bit. There's a rumor that He's only been doing this MAGA shit um, for his own doing and his own reasons. Yeah. So according to this, um, according to this uh, publication, I think I think it was called All All Buzzed Out Media. All Buzzed Out Media wrote wrote an article that was published on uh, June seventh of this month this year, and basically what they were stating was that Kanye West, 
I don't know how true this is, but according to the article, Kanye West and one of his good music um, brothers, uh, GLC, some some people know GLC. G- GLC originally was one of the people that Kanye was coming up with originally when he was signed um, and is a very good friend of Kanye, along with like people like Consequence and stuff like that. So GLC said that he was having a conversation one, one time with Kanye West, and Kanye West basically was saying, if he wears the MAGA hat, and if he becomes this like anti symbol against what everybody else that really knows him to be, if he just takes the grain for black people and he takes the struggle, then they wouldn't they wouldn't know that yet until um he was able to get a particular uh, woman out of prison, and he had this conversation with GLC, and now all of a sudden I guess it's resurfacing that he actually in fact uh got rid of all of his MAGA merch. He no longer is. Um, supporting anything dealing with the Trump or the Trump administration, and that all of this was a ploy. All of this was um, a hoax. All of this was not Kanye acting as the Kanye that we know him to be. And in fact, he did all of this so that, one, he can help get um, this woman out of prison, and two, so that um, his wife can start to, you know, come up in this, you know, legal system as somebody who's really here advocating for, you know, black people's rights and trying to get people, you know, out of jail or get their sentences lessened than what it is that they were already um, convicted and um, told that they had to serve. So, again, I don't know how true this is, but if this is true, nigga Kanye, Omaru West, nigga, we need a full press conference. (laughs) We need a full, I need to know what went into your mind doing that shit because the last four years, nigga, if you had us hooked, Boy, you had us hooked real good. Real fucking Yeah, facts. A, a whole press conference, my, my nigga. God. And an album. And an album, nigga. I, I want the old Kanye West back. I don't want to hear this Jesus is my king shit. I'm sorry. No disrespect to gospel. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that shit. I want the old Kanye. Watch out for me. I'm about. I want that nigga, okay? I want him. Thank you. <laughs> I want that nigga back. And we could talk about some of the, this, these other things uh, later on. So what is the tough knot, broski? Uh, the the tough knot is, so according to um, the news, because I, I, have to, I have to say it just like that, the news, we are in uh, phase two, brothers. This is phase two, right? This is week. This is, uh, we're, in, we're in the penultimate week of June, but we are in phase two of reopening New York City. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Okay, so. I believe so. So we're in phase two. We are. Um, so we're in phase two, which means um, this phase, uh, salons have reopened, barbershops have reopened, a few other, uh, a few, not all, a few retailer stores have opened. So like, you know, uh, places that sell, you know, clothes and sneakers and stuff like that, they've reopened. But a lot of people are still keeping their percentages uh, low. So some places is between 25 to 50 percent. And then other places are um, up to the store manager's discretion. Um, so shout out to all the businesses that are back out there on the streets, um, making this money and shout out to the people who are coming back outside who would stay inside for a minute. The tough knot though is do not be deceived because coronavirus is still on the motherfucking prowl. Arizona is getting ready to close up shop. Um, certain parts of, I was listening to, um, to, 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 uh, to NPR news, which is on WBGO, which is a predominantly jazz radio station that um, syndicates um, in New Jersey. Um, According to the radio station, they said that there's a a part in Georgia. They didn't, they didn't give where Georgia. Now um, a certain part of Georgia is no longer staying open because cases of coronavirus have spiked up people. 
it's still not over, okay? It's still not over. There's states that are in the green, there's states that are in the red, and there's states that's in the middle, so they're like yellow. Coronavirus. And there's parts of the world yeah. that had corona that are going through their second phase now. So the second wave of it. Right. So brothers and sisters, do not be deceived. Coronavirus. And is- we we're. We're, we're expected to go through a second phase in September. Right. So we need to be getting ourselves prepared. Everything is cool now. You know, I'm I'm seeing videos of people in Chicago, people's in Atlanta, everybody drinking up. Niggas ain't got no face masks on. Chicks is looking like dimes. But niggas is still catching the virus and people can still die from it. That is the tough knot. Do not be deceived. Beautiful, bro. Um, what would dad say? Dad would say that we all need to check our toxicity Mm, mm. towards the people Mm -hmm. we love in our life or we say we love in our life. And sometimes that means understanding that us being in their life is not what needs to happen because we need to fix ourselves. Mm. And so dad would say... Reevaluate your relationships, reevaluate your friendships, and look at your role in said relationship, friendship, mm-hmm. whatever have you. Are you the toxic person? Are you the helpful person? Or are you the victim? And if you're one of those, if you're one of the, the two on the extreme, you might need to reevaluate what that friendship really means to you and how to how to fix it if it can be fixed or how to get rid of it, if it needs to be getting rid of, getting rid of. Um, and if you're the helper, if you're a positive, consistent person in somebody's life, never let the negativity of anybody else change that about you. It's never going to be a situation where you need to change yourself. You shouldn't have to harden yourself for the world. In some places, in some instances, it's a reality that you don't want people to take advantage of you but in the same instance don't change your heart you have to change your circle and that's what dad would say 